0: Morning. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red
1: 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Good night, standing
2: by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, Fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This
3: is it.
1: Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're joined by Christy Morris, co-host of the 602 Club on Trek FM. Christy, welcome back to the show.
2: Hey, thank you so much for having me back. It's good to talk to you guys.
1: Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about Queen's Shadow, one of the novels that uh, got released relatively recently, I think. But as always, a couple of announcements first. William, why don't you take us through those? Yeah, and uh, thanks,
0: Christy, for joining us again. It's always good to have you on. Uh, looking forward to Celebration with you and the rest of the group. But you know what's going to be happening at Celebration? Lots of awesome panels and other goodness. The uh, Celebration team, uh, Pop and Lucasfilm, have released the full schedule and queuing info and other great details for uh, the, the the convention, which is coming up in just a little over two weeks, two and a half weeks as a recording oh, you guys this, which are lucky is hard to believe um, we are uh, they did announce that we're going to be getting a Mandalorian panel on Sunday morning. Um, no surprise there um, and uh, I think they're making a, a few changes that will be i think pretty good in the in the long run uh, in addition to releasing the whole schedule they're introducing a new a queuing system because as you know um uh, many of our of our friends, actually, including your um, your co-host uh, on Trek FM, Christy Matt, um, mm-hmm. uh, a couple, of, and, and Andrew Loopy, of course, good friend of the show. Both of them they got actually got in line at the last celebration at for a panel at I think eight o'clock at night and slept all night in line and still did not make it into the main room for the panel. Yep, which was that, pretty. That's harsh. Yeah, that's pretty disappointing. And so to combat this, they're introducing a new lottery system. So for the first big panel in the celebration stage every day, uh, they're going to just randomly select fans. So you can enter uh, next weekend. Uh, you'll be able to enter the lottery if you have um, a confirmation number or your email address. And if you're selected, uh, they'll send you a QR code. Which you can link to your badge um, and, uh, and you'll get guaranteed seating they'll even t- tell you what section you're in so there's no need to line up early you just get there at the time they tell you my guess it'll be, you know, half an hour, hour early whatever it is. They'll get everyone into the room and you're assigned seats and that's it. So, well it does mean you can't get up you can't like try to be the first in line and camp out. Um I think this will be a much better system since you'll know, you know, a couple weeks in advance whether or not you're going to be uh getting into the panel and um you can also sign up as a group as well, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So that uh, you know, if any one of your and if you anybody in your group gets in, everyone gets in. Um Christy, what do you what do you think of these changes?
2: I was a little worried at first about the issue of not being able to sit with a group, um, in particular because my husband and I are obviously going together, or I guess not obviously, not everyone can take their spouse, I guess, but um, I was worried maybe we would get separated and it's like, why would I go to a panel if I was going alone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. For me, that's just not fun.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but if you bought your badges together, then you were automatically getting in together. Um, and the good thing is, at least this is not a lottery for every single panel of the whole con it's just that morning panel each day yeah
0: that's actually uh, two good points so the first thing is they um when they have or first, first announced this a couple days ago um they did not have a way to, you could only sit together if you bought the tickets at the same time uh there was no way to like group up with other friends but uh just this morning as we're recording this and releasing this they uh they added a uploaded a faq and um or maybe it was last night. Either way, uh, they added an FAQ to the uh, celebration website, and where uh, they said that you can, you know, link up with friends as well. So it sounds like they're listening to feedback and trying to respond pretty quickly, which is good. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, I, I want to yeah. throw
3: something in there. I think this is another. I think this is a cost-saving measure because this will save Kathleen Kennedy, Anthony Daniels, and J.J. J. Abrams the amount of pizza they would spend for the people <laughs> who are camping out overnight. Exactly. So I think this was another way to, to kind of like you know pass exactly. along the cost to everybody.
0: You know, and it's it, while well, while fans, Star Wars fans, love lining lining up, right?
1: Or we like to think that love we, we like a, lining love lining up. love is a strong word. Love.
0: We
3: like to but say that also we like, like on up. On we yeah. where we're, we're sitting by in line yeah. though. Because remember, in when we went to Anaheim in 2015, uh, we we sat in line and had some good chats with people. Oh all yeah. around us, you have a great yeah.
0: time in line. But I think you can still have a good time in line and not waste your entire celebration sitting in Oh, absolutely. Line. And I think this change, while it doesn't guarantee everyone gets in, I think this will be a better system. Overall. It sounds
3: like it's a much better system than, I'm going to say this, Comic-Con, where if you want to be at that panel for Hall H, you need to sit there all day just to well, stay there, and you're sitting through all these panels. This sounds like it's a much better system. So
0: that's an interesting thing. They're actually kind of going the Comic-Con route, so the first panel of the day has a lot of reservation system um but the subsequent panels on the celebration stage will be uh you know normal queuing and um uh and a handful of people at each panel will be able to actually sign up for a reservation on their phone but if you're in the room you get to stay in the room now uh, wow oh, the celebration okay. stage, so that does sound like comic con mm-hmm. yeah so it's like a little mix so it's randomly selected to get in the room but once you're in you can stay in all day if you want so it'll be interesting to see how much how much of the crowd moves out, leaves or just camps out all day, uh, especially since some of the panels are spread across stages? I
2: think we will probably, unless it's like another panel that we really want to get to that's not in that room um, or a couple that will probably camp out and just send one person to like go get food or trade off to go get bathroom breaks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. that will be interesting. Like, will you be able to leave and come back? We don't we don't know. Can you save seats at that point? Because I'm guessing it's just, you know, you can get back in a giant line if you want to re-enter the room. So we'll see. I mean, I think the, the big, um, a lot, most of the big panels on the celebration stage, but some like the rebels panel is on the galaxy stage. So you'll have to go from the celebration stage to the galaxy stage and then back to celebration. If you want, um, uh, the same goes for the resistance panel, which is also on the galaxy stage on Monday in between the Phantom Menace 20th anniversary celebration and the, Closing ceremony. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. I think overall though, it's a better system, and hopefully, will allow people to actually mm-hmm. sleep in their own beds, uh, have fun with their friends at other events instead of getting in line at crazy hours. Uh, it's spending. at least
2: more fair. And yeah, then, you yeah. Know, it's just that's yeah, it it Seems like draw. it's more fair. It's a lot way. more fair too, because
0: you know, you could some fans could argue, well, I could get in first hours or you know, day or day or day early or whatever it is, and I can guarantee my spot. But do you really want to spend? I don't know, sixteen hours in line, and it kind of also you know precludes the people who can't maybe uh, go without sleep or something. Yeah, or, like, like or, you all
3: farts like me. Yeah, yeah. Where you know you don't want to sit there in line yeah. all
1: night. You have to remember we're in uh, Chicago now, not Orlando, so sitting outside at two a.m. is not going to oh, be. Yeah. Oh it's seventy Ouch. degrees outside. Uh, it's going to be Ouch. a little bit colder now. That's true. That is very
0: very true, and so um, it's also I think probably a little less friendly uh at, at times um they're around the convention center is pretty good but just compared to like orlando which is you know in the middle of a super super touristy spot the or uh mccormick uh place convention center in chicago was kind of uh a little bit more in the middle of nowhere uh south of the city so
3: um
0: so yeah it'll there be very something
3: uh-huh I was gonna say there was something that that I heard. What is it? What is this about this light speed line or something or light speed lane?
0: Um, that will other you can than also, the new panel reservation. Yeah, you can also make reservations for uh, the store as well. So you can sign up for a time and just walk right into the store. Uh, you can sign up for t- uh, times to go to the um, different big exhibit, exhibitor booths like uh, Hasbro oh, that's cool. and Lego. So I think they're doing the right thing here, and I am. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing right by fans, I think. So that's cool, and and you know what? I think it'll take away the stress as well. Right now, there's been a lot of stress. People have been all worried. Oh, can I? How do I sign up? What's this? What's that? How does all the details work as they're rolling out this new system? But I think you know, once April 5th is when they'll draw the lotto uh, winners rolls around. After that, you'll know which panels you're getting into or or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think it'll take away a lot of the stress of oh, can I make it into the episode nine panel or? whatever
3: i think a lot of it's going to be fans are going to have to understand that if this is going to be the first year of this system there's going to be some growing pains with it so just take it easy go with it and maybe by the next year they're going to start smoothing it out and as if they continue this going forward it's going to get much easier but if it's the first time you're going to expect some growing pains with this exactly exactly Yeah. yeah so
0: i'm very very excited um uh also uh real quick we have uh, a couple more details on star wars galaxy's edge black spire it's the new book that was announced uh on january 31st written by delilah dawson um they've actually moved up the release date by a few days it was originally going to come out on september th- 3rd or um uh, triple force friday um but now they're uh it's, it's going to be released on august 27th uh timed with the re- with the debut of galaxy's edge in um at uh Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh it's going to s- focus on Resistance Spy Vi Moradi, who you'll remember uh played a uh, fairly major role in Delilah Dawson's last book Phasma. Um so it's kind of a spiritual successor to phasma in some ways and ties into Galaxy's Edge and you know explores the secret history of Batu. Um quick summary and then we'll dive into our review uh of 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 Queen Shadow but this for the summary for uh black spire is after devastating losses at the hands of the first order general leia organa has dispatched her agents across the galaxy in search of allies sanctuary and firepower and her top spy Vimerati, uh may have just found all three on a secluded world at the galaxy's edge a planet of lush forests precarious mountains and towering petrified trees batu is on the furthest uh, possible frontier of the galactic map The last settled world before the mysterious expanse of wild space. The rogue smugglers and adventurers who eke out a living on the largest settlement on the planet, Black Spire Outpost, are here to avoid prying eyes and unnecessary complications. Vi, a resistance spy on the run from the First Order, is hardly a welcome guest. And when a shuttle full of stormtroopers land in her wake, determined to root her out, she has no idea where to find help. To survive, Vi will have to seek out the good-hearted heroes hiding in a world that redefines scum and villainy with the help of a traitorous trooper and her acerbic droid. She begins to c- gather a colorful band of outcasts and misfits and embarks on a mission to spark the fire of the resistance on Batuu before the first order snuffs it out entirely.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: I'm excited. Interesting. Also it's, it's fun to, to note. <laughs> um, there's a lot less about the plot and i in that summary and a lot more description of Batuu which makes sense oh, yeah. they're trying to promote it as a destination to go to but uh they're definitely like oh forget the you know for it's not really about the plot it's more about introducing Batu although i'm sure it'll be a good book
2: but how cool is it that like claudia gray now her name is connected permanently to this place in disney parks called black spire outpost
0: yeah yeah it's That's it's an awesome really cool. opportunity for for Delilah and
2: um, oh, I'm sorry, Delilah. Dawson no, I know, I, like I knew that's you meant, but uh,
0: yeah, no, it's it's great, it's uh, it's great for her, and um, I love Delilah too, best. yeah, she's, she's you can even a great go, author.
3: Tom? You can even go as far back as um, um, God, the guy who wrote the Throne books because the second Thron book actually had Batu as well, yeah, even though it really wasn't named, you had Anakin and Thrawn go to the planet with Padme. So th- th- it seems like there's going to be a lot of tie-ins with, with that because even, um, haven't gotten there yet, but supposedly Pirate's Price, the Star Wars Flight of the Falcon, is supposed to supposedly hook in to the right. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're, they're really trying to in Yeah, they're trying in a lot uh, of
0: you know, all the authors, from Tim Zahn to Delilah Dawson to really all the books are trying to sneak in those Batu references to yeah. really make it feel like part of the galaxy by the time it launches. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but one awesome. book that does not go to Batu yet well, is yet. Queen's <laughs> Shadow. And uh, Tom, you want to tell us a little bit about this book?
3: Sure. Tonight we're going to be reviewing Queen's Shadow, written by E.K. Johnston. And in this book, you know, when Padme Amidala, or Padme Nabari, sorry, Queen Amidala of Naboo, steps down from her position, she's asked by the newly elected queen to become Naboo's representative in the Galactic Senate. Padme is unsure about taking on the new role, but cannot turn it down the request to serve her people there together with her most loyal handmaidens. Padme must figure out how to navigate the treacherous waters of politics and forge a new identity beyond the queen's shadow.
0: So yeah. So I, Christy, what, what, what were your overall thoughts on the book? What, what did you think? Um,
2: So I did end up liking it for sure. I I felt like it had a lot of things sort of like reading Leia, Princess of Alderaan that I had wanted to know about Mm -hmm. Padme that it answered. Um, But I I will say the, political part is not my favorite and i know that was like half of the book so that kind of took away for me but um i really enjoyed especially the second half where the relationships were more defined um and you got to see you know the interaction between like sabe having another side to her um with tanra Mm -hmm. um was kind of surprising for me but funny that it was in there um and and then ultimately where Padme ends up, I think that it it could have been left without the epilogue and been more of a positive ending, but it was still something you expect.
3: Mm-hmm. I I think for me the the biggest thing about this book I enjoyed was you got to see, other than just from you know, um, Phantom Menace, just these handmaidens there, you got to see that they actually had roles with Padme. They each had a different. You know, responsibility. You had Sabe, who was the decoy. You got Rabe, who was the wardrobe mistress and hairstylist. I mean, you got to see them have something other than just being a handmaiden to Padme. And and, and I know there's more because and and with me when it comes to names, I'm I can't pronounce half these. But each <laughs> one you're doing a good job. Thank you. Uh, then <laughs> I'm gonna try the next one. Artre, uh, and yeah. <laughs> I don't have my glasses on. Sache, and I'm gonna I'm gonna blow Sache thank you <laughs> and then corday which corday actually sounded th- doesn't that sound right out of the lego star wars series corday well and then corday, corday was in... out of the movie yeah <laughs> oh sorry She's the one. <laughs> sorry yeah, nare, yeah. I, i'm like yeah it's been a day folks you you so, do bring up a
0: good point tom though where um you know in the phantom menace we see all of padme's handmaidens and you know the, obviously the big their biggest role really is just to be one of the you know the the nameless for the most part faceless uh you know handmaids that that Padme kind of blends into so that she can have her surprise reveal that she is actually the queen and she had a decoy the whole time right um but other than other than the whole Padme queen Amidala uh, uh decoy bit, we don't really really get to see much of the handmaidens at all you know it's it's a you know, Padme's a queen, so she's got a bunch of you know people there helping her out um but we don't get much behind the scenes uh, uh, information about them and we actually have it not just in the Phantom Menace but in really any book or movie mm-hmm. or television show since then we've seen their handmaidens uh, we've seen them die occasionally like in the case of Corday. um, but we didn't really know what they were all about and so it was really cool to see that in this, I really learn about all of the the handmaidens and their their special roles. Each one has a, is, a, is you know an expert at certain things, uh, you know whether it's uh, um, security or uh, or defense or uh, just you know coming up with uh, you know costumes and uh, you know things that look beautiful but also could serve as you know defensive capabilities or have weapons built mm-hmm. in, right? Yep. Um, uh, or slicing or each one had their own skill which was really yeah. cool to see um, and, and really gave more depth to the, to the handmaidens.
3: Mm-hmm. What I found fascinating wasn't, if I read the book correctly, the red gown that we saw Padme wear, was that mentioned in the book that technically that was kind of laser slash bulletproof? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. That's fascinating to read all this within the book, that it gave more clarity to why she was wearing something like that.
0: Yeah, it's not just stylish, and- it's like for, for protection. Uh, right yeah mhm and by um by having the you know all the makeup and by having all of the uh the the big uh, um voluminous clothing and stuff they they were able to hide the differences in um their um their build a bit more, so that when like Padme and sabe switch places um it's hard to tell, and like the two of them even came up with the whole. Uh, this part was fascinating right so uh, Sabe wanted to make sure she sounded like Padme so she and Padme together came up with the queen's voice which is you know more formal um than mm-hmm. Padme's normal voice and they, they worked on that together so that they could sound identical it's just absolutely uh very very interesting to to hear all the all these bits about them um of course the book also dives into um into Padme's mind as well, which is another piece that was just great uh, about the book, and really about how she handles the transition from uh, from senator from, from, from queen to you know stepping down. When the, the book opens on her her last day as queen, and you know how her her emotions and how she feels stepping down, and then uh, and then goes into how she becomes a senator and deals with the the politics of the Galactic Senate. Um, Stephen, your your thoughts on? on all of this?
1: I'd, so I think getting the insight into the handman's kind of my favorite part of the book. The thing I struggled with is uh, I kept expecting the book to go somewhere,
3: if that makes sense. <laughs> I I agree with that one. Uh, yeah,
1: And in particular, so like at the uh, near the beginning of the novel, when Padme first arrives on um, Coruscant, they're on. They're going through a tour, and their droid malfunctions and takes them into a, you know, an abandoned level of the Senate that's about to be uh, demolished. And they're like, "Oh man, who like someone's trying to kill Padme? Who could it be? Like, why?" And I think we know it's the Trade Federation. Like, we know even at the beginning of Episode Two that they're trying to assassinate her. Mm-hmm. And I kept expecting the book to like tease at that plot, I'm like, ah, because they kept bringing it up occasionally, even like, "Hey, we need to still figure out who killed, tried to kill you." And you get to the end of the book and you're like, "But." we didn't like mm. nothing ever came up as that never
2: confirmed <laughs> yeah yeah
1: it's never confirmed they never chased it down and like yes we find out in episode two which kind of makes it the conclusion but like i uh, it was one of those books where the story is there wasn't a, a central story thread to it It was kind of like and this is what happened day by day for padme mm-hmm. between episode one and episode two yeah yeah uh, which, and i and i think i just needed a little more out of it i have the same
0: to really
3: yeah yeah yeah, and and kind of circling back at that point where she went to the wrong part of the Senate building, Bale Organa was there, and that I believe was the first time she actually met him. But th- there really wasn't any kind of. It seemed like he just appeared out of nowhere and "quote unquote" saved her. So mm-hmm. well, I think that, we reveal later
0: he was he was following her. Right? I'm trying to remember now. I read the book. Yeah, like two months ago. Yeah, I think he and, was following her to try to to try to um, try to help her or something. Um, but you know that you're, you're you're right that this book introduces. You know, let us see the first time Padme actually meets Bail Argana and Mon Mothma. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing I I thought was unexpected but pretty cool was that they don't actually trust each other early on. No. Um, in in fact, you know, um, there's a uh, a big sense of distrust between Mon Mothma and and Bail Organa and and Padme. And she doesn't really know who to trust, which is kind of a neat dynamic.
3: Well, there was another person thrown in on that one, too. I'm trying to remember the name, because um, she not only met those three, but she met... Oh, who well, there, were, there she, were a lot. Bonteri? Yeah, yes. we got, from the Clone Bon-Terry, Wars. That's we got right.
0: Mina Terry, We got Rush Clovis. Um, mm-hmm. We got... The Clovis,
3: uh, the Clovis one was interesting to see that backstory compared to the Clone Wars, especially when um, it was the party scene where Padme ducked out. Mm-hmm and they went into the club and it just so happened Rush Clovis was there. That was interesting because I, I did like it was her captain of the guard name escapes me at this point, but I think it was Panaka's wife.
0: Oh, Oh, Marriott Panaka.
3: Mariak. Yeah. Thank you. Um, where, when Padme ducked out and it was the first time they did the switch to see if they could pull off the Padme leave and Sabe take over that, uh, Captain Panaka's wife, sorry, uh, got mad at her for not at least filling her in that she was going to pull this off. She was Mm -hmm. able to at least pull off her captain of the guard that that was not Mm -hmm. her at that party.
0: Yeah. I mean, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Padme is very much, um, we see in the movies, right? She's very independent. She kind of is a little impulsive at times, much like Anakin, which is why, you know, uh, Obi-Wan and and, uh, and Typho are, are... are a little worried about signing the two of them off together because, you know, uh, you know, uh, how they're both very similar in that respect. Um, uh, but the party scene was, was actually really cool. You know, Padme wanted mm-hmm. to get, she wanted to listen in on a, on a meeting that was happening. And so they, they come up with this whole plan to arrive at the party and then, you know, go to the, go to the bathroom and swap out. And, uh, mm-hmm. so Padme can dress up as a, um, uh, Naboo guard And go spy on spy on things. Then, of course, it all falls apart, and she has to rush back. I think it was Mon Mothma. I think actually wanted to meet with her uh, Mm -hmm. at this party, Uh, so she had to go back and switch back into the queen's uh, garb so that she could become the queen again. And talk to Mon Mothma before, you know, um, uh, Sabé had to do it. So
2: really, and I loved that too in particular because um, she says. The only way that they're really going to trust me is if they're talking to the real me. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then that moment when Bale figures out that they've been yes. changing costumes <laughs> Yeah. Yes, so good. Yeah.
0: And and I just love how you know their relate their, their their relationship you know starts with kind of neutral, and then kind of goes into more distrust, and then she starts to trust Mon Mothma and Bale Organa. And by the end, they're you know uh, they're they're just beginning to form their alliance. Um, yeah. to restore the Republic. Um,
2: <laughs> and, and I don't know about you guys, but the, the thing that I really did to understand the political parts of the book and everything she had to deal with in the Senate was relating it to actual, you know, Senate versus House in mm-hmm. real life, you know, that. Mm-hmm everybody's in somebody's pocket that everybody wants to know what's in it for them. And you can't trust anybody because, uh, what was the joke about politicians? Polly being many ticks being blood sucking creatures. (laughs) I like that. I like that. Um, and so it's all about trying to figure out who you can trust and who you can't and working together. Um, and Padme figuring out that things weren't as, um, great, as she thought they were going to be mm-hmm. and that, you know, senators don't just go in and get whatever they want, that you've got to work with people and figure that out.
3: Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that's probably one of the strongest things about the book is it showed that aspect.
0: When she was so successful as queen and then she all of a sudden realizes that she can't just go into the Senate and instantly make things happen. There's a lot of, um, you know, there's was the damn different people and trying to convince them to be on her side or different, uh, politics or other dynamics that she may not be aware of. Uh, or just you know rules and procedures and and kind of how she she goes in hoping to make a difference and then starts to realize oh maybe I can't and then you know by the mm-hmm. end she's mm-hmm. she's kind of figured out her her spot but for a while she's um you know she's kind of struggling and we get to get in her head and 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 see all of that which is um, which is I, I just really enjoyed kind of all that behind the scenes and getting to see all the the Clone Wars characters as well i thought this book did a very nice job tying in uh, uh, the phantom menace with the clone wars with attack uh, attack of the clones
2: mm-hmm. uh, and kind of Absolutely. setting everything up i mean mm. even
0: like you know the first time she really starts using r2d2 right uh yeah. we see r2 in the phantom menace he saves everyone on the uh, on the queen's ship and then he kind of he gets his little you know commendation and then kind of goes off again um how how did he actually become you know, Padme's personal droid and then later Anakin's, right? Um, we get to see that in this book.
2: And it's nice how they allude to, you know, who she's gotta become to then meet up with Anakin and then the two of them fall in love because it, it, to me, it was nice toward the end, them talking about her going home and visiting with her family mm-hmm. and wishing that someday she could have a spouse and kids. Yeah. Um, but realizing it was going to take a very special kind of person to be able to get to know her that way mm-hmm. because she's always had to have her guard up.
0: Yeah. And it's actually unfortunate that she never really got that. It's kind of, uh, right. You know, she, 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 she obviously married Anakin, but it was in secret. And, you know, she she dies as soon as uh, Luke and Leia Whoa, spoilers. But, spo- yeah, Oh spoilers. Yeah, for those of you who <laughs> didn't Spoiler know. Spoiler
1: alert. <laughs> Although, to be fair, it is at the end of this book as well. So Yeah. It's true. yeah. But I
2: get what you're saying, Stephen. Like, I, I did feel like ultimately there just wasn't like a defining moment or like serious stakes for Padme to, to go through in this book. We know what happens before and after from the movies. But Mm -hmm. in the book, it just felt like it was a lot of filler.
1: Yeah. And it's actually Mm -hmm. too bad because especially as we're talking about all this, like it's amazing how well the book did at kind of setting up and seeding a lot of these relationships that we know are going to come to pass. But like Mm -hmm. the nuance of like, hey, when Padme is uh," or she starts out as, you know, Queen Amidala and then Senator Amidala with this uh, very regal kind of very built uh, attitude and throughout the book, she realizes that like, Hey, this isn't quite what's going to work. And you see her evolve in this slightly toned down version of Amidala. And eventually I'd say even just Padme that we see in episodes two and three, like seeing their button and getting into a relationship with bail and Mon Mothma and Clo. Mm -hmm. like all these scenes are like, it's really, really good. It was just missing that central core that kind of drives Mm, the book forward. And then it ends on a tease that I don't, know what they're going to do with, but I hope they do something.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was my biggest problem with it as well. Um, I So I, I'm someone who... I, I enjoy the politics of, of Star Wars. Not everyone does, and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that that helped keep my interest, and I was enjoying the kind of... Again, the those learning about the dynamics between Padme and the Handmaidens and how Padme's handling situations and how she's meeting people. But there was no... It wasn't. It, yeah, you're just more reading events. It's almost like yeah. you're kind of reading. It's not written this way, but it's almost like you're just reading Padme's diary or something, you know. And and <laughs> uh, you know, understanding the the day to day. But there's no right. central core except for Padme. The really the core story is just is Padme learns how to deal with the Senate and kind of right. grows into right. you know, learning how to be a senator, an effective senator.
1: Um, that's and probably so the it- biggest. We talked about this a little bit, but how did you guys feel about uh, Sabe's story? Like, that's actually, I think, the closest the book has to, like, a single driving story around, you know, Sabe's journey on tattooing and trying to, uh, you know, accomplish this mission that kind of Padme had set herself to. Um, And then, you know, doing, it kind of falls apart a little, I guess, in the middle when she starts working more on Coruscant. But, like, how did you guys find that, the side story, I guess, there?
2: I thought that they could have gone further with it. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked that whole premise, you know, that she was helping look for Shmi, and that mm-hmm. they wanted to free all of these slaves and that they got a little bit done, but Sabe was, you know, still wanting to do so much more. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they just have Padme call her to Coruscant mm-hmm. and they don't go back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad. Cause that's one of, I mean, I know they couldn't make any progress because of attack of the clones and they had to find out what happened to Shmi then. And they couldn't just go save everyone. But I thought that was really cool that, you know Padme now hasn't seen Anakin it's been a couple months maybe right um maybe a year I don't know we don't know how long exactly the book takes place over but shortly after the Phantom Menace um but uh you know Anakin made such an impression on her that she actually wants to go back and free all the slaves on Tatooine and she knows she can't personally go do that but she at least tries to send someone using her resources to go Mm -hmm. And try to free the slaves and find Shmi. and the mission ultimately ends in failure. They're, they were unable to do that, um, but it kind of shows just how much of an impact Anakin had on her, um, and yeah. how she kind of cares about yeah, Anakin it and wants to to help him, even though she doesn't see him, you know, doesn't mm-hmm. uh, doesn't know where he is and stuff.
3: The the other thing I found interesting was the other, if you want to consider it, the side story of how Padme was able to kind of work within. You know the the Galactic Senate by way of figuring out. Okay, what can I do? Well, we have this incident over here where we have to get you know this concrete thing built because wasn't it a thing about these dikes or 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 valleys were were destroyed? Bromac, so how are we yeah. going to get this rock? Yeah, the, the permacrete from over here to get it over here, <laughs> and who can we figure out with these different you know species to to how can we make all this work? That was fascinating to see how she was able to pull all this stuff together. It's something, but still, there was I'm, at least a logical end to it. I'm
1: laughing as I'm just imagining, like someone's like, "Okay, guys, we had this. We had a thrilling movie talking about trade negotiations yeah. and blockades. How do we top this? Okay, concrete,
3: Permacrete.
2: <laughs> concrete. <laughs> yeah. one, it's one very important.
3: No, I, I, I get it. I, I, totally get it, Stephen. And, and, and it's like, but at uh, least, uh, at least there was a another story in there, other than her trying to figure out her way through through the Senate and find out who she was. And that was something that it wasn't on par and probably the better story with Sabe and the slaves, but it was was at least something that showed that she was at least being able to get some kind of trust between when and Bail Organa going, going forward.
0: Well, I think that's one of the, that was an interesting thing too, because it's on the surface, it's kind of a boring plot.
3: Um, but
0: i think that's intentional right there's they're trying to actually i, I think um ek johnson is trying to show that you know padme comes into the senate with all these dreams of saving the galaxy right uh and freeing the slaves and everything and she hits a, a wall immediately she can't free the slaves because of all these other you know politics going on in the background uh everything she she can't join the big committees because of she's worried about how it'll 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 reflect uh on her uh, it was actually interesting that she even intentionally did not reach out to Senator on far because, or uncle mm-hmm. Ano, as we see in the cloners, cause she was worried about, you know, appearing like she was just trying to, she was just using, you know, kind of him as a crutch or something. Um, so she intentionally goes and picks the, one of the most boring committees you could possibly be on permacrete. right? And, um, and ends up while well, she, you know, doesn't enjoy it at first. She ends up, um, uh, basically being able to use that knowledge to help save this planet that needs aid uh, kind of, and very much like how Naboo needed aid and, you know, she came to the Senate when she was the queen and the Senate basically rejected her and said, sorry, we can't, we can't help you. Mm-hmm. Right. We're not fast enough. And Bromlark had the same problem where Bromlark had this, you know, this flooding. And, um, and so, you know, eventually they send a, you know, the survey team, much like, you know, how the Senate tried to send, a, you know, the Jedi to go investigate on Naboo and they're not able to do anything. And she comes up with this whole plan to, you know, uh, the the mid-cooperation motion, right? The mid-room cooperation motion, where she's able to move things around and do all this networking finally and, and really save the day and actually do some good with something as boring as Permacrete.
2: Mm. Right. It, because she couldn't get on the committee that Palpatine was controlling about anti-slavery. Right. 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 right, And she approached him, I think, didn't she approach him
3: a couple times to try and push it? And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, my dear, yes, I'll try and push it. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't get it on the thing. I mean, and I think that was another thing she didn't want to do was kind of use Palpatine as like a crutch. Like she also didn't mm-hmm. want to use Anakin Kanifar, her uncle. So mm-hmm. she really wanted to try and make herself because I think there was another little plot thread about this that there somebody was trying to discredit her. Mm-hmm. And that's how it kind of started. And she really wanted to try and build herself up to where she was like, look, it, you're trying to discredit me. I'm going to get my hacker. I think Versailles was the talented slicer. And try and figure out all the stories, who's doing this, and let's try and work it to where I'm not going to be discredited anymore. I'm going to try and get myself to not be this junior senator, but you know, a freshman senator. Let's just build myself up. And I think in this respect, that little plot point within the book did work
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. another story that i forgot was in there that didn't end up really getting resolved <laughs> like there's this whole kind of smear campaign that's happening and we that's never true. find out yep. who's behind it yeah.
0: or I, mean, I think you're it's right about that respect. sidious and the poplating and the um and the trade federation
2: Yeah, so they they did kind of insinuate that basically the media was owned by the Trade Federation. That's right. And that Gunray was involved. So that it was probably trickling down from him because of his hatred of her. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, I get what you're saying, Stephen. And I I felt like it was a really cool way to introduce each section of the book as like Mm. a different tabloid cover about Padme, sort of. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really worked for me. Yeah.
0: Uh, also how they how they handle the other senators. I mean, we know Baylor Ghana and we know Mon Mothma, as we talked about previously a little earlier in the in the episode, they originally positioned them as potential rivals or or people who are not to be trusted. Um, um, and of course, you know, eventually Padme figures out that they're good. Um but conversely, um we have uh you know Mina Bonteri, who um Padme makes becomes friends with and we know from the clone wars she eventually joins the separatists right but right now this is long before that right we're looking at probably 9 10 years before that mm-hmm. um and there's you know Rush Clovis and and we instantly have this distrust of Rush Clovis he ends up coming to the rescue and helping Padme with the aid to Bra- for Bromlark, and kind of being one of the co-sponsors of this whole uh midrim cooperation motion um and because he
2: has a crush on her that's
0: true. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's <laughs> minor, yes. Minor, minor detail. <laughs> <laughs> uh and and Mina Bonteri, uh, we actually find out is working with Sidious and like Padme almost interrupts a couple of holocom communications with Bonteri and Sidious. You know, she like quickly shuts off the call right as Padme walks in. Uh so they're kind of playing with our expectations a bit, which is really
1: which is really neat. Speaking of they're the other thing this book reinforced for me is a lot of people need to get a lot better about security. Padme almost <laughs> walks in on Sidious. Uh, Bale and Mon Mothma are not subtle at all. Um, this is just... They're, they are all asking for trouble.
2: Yeah. I agree with you. Yes. But I like that it seemed like once Padme... Um, had gotten in on Mon Mothma and Bale's trust that the stories and the tabloids improved drastically. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, cause, uh, cause why was it? I think, was it uh, Bale or Mon Mothma was starting to exert pressure on them? Um, oh, yeah. To, oh yeah. So yeah. To counter the the trade federations machinations. And
2: I am interested to know if you guys caught the same thing I did about how Mon Mothma in, in this book is very embracing of being a pacifist. And then we know later in Rogue One, not so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It, well, I think it's, I wonder if it's just, I don't know. What, what, why, why do you think?
2: Clone Wars, I'd assume. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think yeah. she finds out that ultimately you've got to defend yourself or you've got to stand up for what's right and do something about it or else it's they're going to run all over you.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly correct
2: but I just thought it was interesting that she and Padme are having these passionate arguments about her, you know, having completely opposing views. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I, that all the, all those little things I, I think was what made the book for me, you know, the, the different dynamics. It's more of a character study than, mm-hmm. uh, than anything else. Um, you know, even just seeing how Padme would go back, she'd like have this legislation. She'd go back to, you know, back home and then she'd share it with all of her handmaidens and they'd all work together on stuff um, Mm. to come up with different ideas. It's just um,
2: really cool. And did you like Sabe's love story?
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Sabe and, uh, uh, and Tanra. Mm Yeah. It was,
3: it
2: was, it was,
3: it was a give and take. I mean, it, it worked. It, it worked for the kind of book I think it was written for and the audience. It was written for, Right. So, in, in that respect, I think it worked.
0: It was yeah, kind of more it in the background than anything else. They didn't... Yeah. Uh, there were a couple times they got, went into it a little bit, but... Um, yeah. I don't know. I, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think
3: what else. Well, the one thing, though, it, it was kind of nice to get a little bit more backstory to the queen that actually took over after Amadala left. Because we do get to see a little bit of Queen uh, Queen, Relita. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah.
2: Yeah, possibly Relata.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So w- we were able to get to see a little bit of that, you know, once she left to get some kind of feel of how Naboo transitioned from Amidala to Relita R- Relata. Yeah. yeah. Well. Oh
2: yeah. We didn't talk about uh, her trip to Alderan.
0: Yes. Oh, yes.
3: Yeah. Oh, missed that one.
0: How could we forget about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what did you think of her trip to Alderaan, Christy?
2: I thought it was kind of an integral piece of the book that you needed. I mean, mm. because it, it really cements the friendship more of her and Bale and then her meeting um, Bria and everything. Um, mm-hmm. It sets up them later being trusted enough to end up with a child. Um hmm and too, it was nice, you know, it makes sense of the timeline, I guess, of at some point they've got to form that relationship for it to get to that point. So this kind of made sense. It seemed a little bit thrown in toward the end of the story, but mm. um, it still worked well.
0: It was mm. still an important moment. Yeah, I totally agree. It's always fun to learn more about Alderaan. I mean, we did get a lot of that in um, the Leia novel as well. Uh, mm-hmm. and so that tied in actually some nice uh tie-ins to, to that mm-hmm. book
3: and i think that's the one sure. thing that i liked about the book was the tie-ins especially the Alderaan part of it because it did tie nicely into like you mentioned william the uh, uh leia book later mm-hmm. so, so i liked it yeah we
0: see we see that we see how uh captain panaka steps down and and um and is replaced by captain typho early on um and I have to say, I'm I'm Team Panaka. Typho's all great and all, but I've always liked Captain <laughs> Panaka better. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, we we find out that he was upset about the direction that Naboo was headed uh, with mm-hmm. the the power plant, uh, I believe it was right.
1: And uh, no, it's the ion cannon. Sorry. Oh no, it's it the ion cannon. Yeah, they had yeah. to defend There's, themselves. Yeah, hey, that
3: it sounds is, familiar.
0: Turn <laughs> out the power plant. It's the ion cannon. Yeah, we should have.
2: <laughs> you on, gotta William. get that question there you right. go Jeez, that's <laughs> terrible. uh and he oh, was that, that was a freebie. okay so remind
0: <laughs> I, it's been too long since i read the book he was for or against i think the was a, cannon
3: yeah i can't remember right I now like he was against
0: but i think so uh, and everyone was like we need this to defend ourselves in case we're invaded in the future uh, yeah because padme yeah, I mean,
2: was pro he was against right and then now she's like i can't trust him anymore Right. And I that's what most of the planet
1: was against too, because you know, they're still they still consider themselves pacifists in a lot of ways. And right. Padme viewed it as kind of a necessary compromise on like, hey, I would love to be pacifist too, but we kind of just got invaded. We should maybe make that not possible.
3: <laughs> yeah. Let's right. let's not have the Gungans come in and save us again. Let us basically try and save ourselves this time.
0: Right.
2: Yeah, and William, they mentioned the Gungans.
0: They did. They mentioned the Gungans. <laughs> they mentioned we got Jar Jar got a brief scene, apparently um apparently he wasn't originally supposed to be even in the book he wasn't even in the book and then Delray sent uh a little note saying maybe we should add some jar jar and so mon mothma suggests adding a representative to padme's delegation delegation so she can cover more ground even mm. though not most most senators don't do that and she yay jar 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 binks
2: yeah, Hello, yeah I lost the ties to uh oh i i talked over your voice i'm sorry
1: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Did you, want, did you want to do it again, William? No, yeah, go ahead, William. It. People don't want any more. Go it. for it. It's okay. It. Come it's on. I'm on.
2: back! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> see? All better. Uh, I just think I like the ties to Clone Wars a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but w-
0: w- one more thing I just want to touch a re- briefly on with Panaka was, uh, you know, he's he's a pacifist in this book, right? And, and they kind of split ways over their disagreement on the Ion Cannon. But in the future, as we see from, was it, was it Aftermath? I think it was after the Aftermath trilogy, uh, Panaka ends up becoming a moth and, like, ruling the uh, uh, Naboo, um, mm-hmm. which was a completely completely unexpected, for me at least, when I was reading those books. Uh, yeah. And it's kind of an interesting wow. arc where he goes from, you know, being so against just an ion cannon that he would, you know, leave Padme's service I... and be replaced by the inferior Captain Typho. And then... Uh, <laughs> and then wow. eventually... Interesting. I like, I like
2: Panaka. I, I always have. I think it was the Leia book. Yeah. That they say that he's a moth. No, you're right. Like, yeah,
0: it was it was Leia. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, that was completely unexpected and very, very interesting arc for my man Panaka. Such mm-hmm. a fall from grace. <laughs> 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 also, you know who we didn't get much of? Oh, wow. Rick Oli. I love Rick Oli. I'm yeah, very... he... And you he know what? We what? get Daneska Barbaros instead. Not as cool as Rico Lee. Sorry. Yeah. Bring back Rico Lee. I'm not passionate. <laughs> no. I don't care about these characters at all, do I? <laughs> oh,
3: jeez. Well, maybe in the sequel of this book, we may be, Rico, Rico Lee may come back. Yeah.
0: Rico Lee and Captain Panaka were awesome. They were like the, the two best characters in The Phantom Menace along with Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> 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 I don't actually believe that, but... <laughs> what about Watto? Oh, of uh, I
2: love one. <laughs> I
0: have always said tw- when it comes
3: to Jar Jar, when Jar Jar is written correctly, he is a good character. I just mm-hmm. watched the Clone Wars episode where it was Jar Jar and Mace Windu. Oh
0: yeah, I saw
3: that again the other day. The animation on Mace Windu sometimes was just so perfect. So I, 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 I you know when again Jar Jar, if he's written correctly and in, in small amounts, he's a good character.
2: Thanks, and he listen. tried so hard to help in the Senate.
3: He did. He, did. he really tried. He... he
0: didn't mean to completely destroy the galaxy. No. But he tried. He, <laughs> no. you know, he, he was trying to do his best. He's got he a was, good was was one an accent. Yeah. yeah,
1: he was doing yeah. his job.
0: <laughs> also, Stephen, just for you, we had a little space battle with Hazard Squadron.
1: Why do I not remember? I don't remember this at all. It was a very short space battle. Trying Uh, to remember this too. This is when uh, the convoy was attacked by pirates, and I I don't remember it whatsoever.
0: Yeah, someone in the Senate tipped him off. It was a very brief battle with Hazard Squadron.
3: Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, I I I still don't. I almost (laughs) want to say it seemed like it may have been just a page, and I could have skipped Uh, over it.
1: There's a whole thing about piracy and how the con the ship. This is one of the things. The concrete is being interdicted by whatever someone and they send hazard squadron at one point who helps out i think yes
3: why would they want to rip off Uh, permacrete oh
1: well oh well great questions tom for the the permacrete
0: industry is very competitive guys
3: okay well on top of that on top of that how else could they get hazard squadron in there if somebody wasn't trying to get the permacrete there you go
0: had to have a space battle
3: yeah, and was a space battle is, is exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well. Any any other thoughts? We anything we big we've missed? I mean, it's been.
3: I I don't we we covered we covered the party in which she was able to um, slip out. We covered Russ Clovis finding her. We covered her being chewed out. We covered her trying to get her way through the Senate and make allies. I think we covered, and also all the handmaidens.
2: Yeah. Oh, and she got new handmaidens.
0: She did. Yes. That's right. That, that's one of those things, again, where they, where they give us all of the transitions for everyone. And we even still follow some of the old handmaidens, which is kind of nice. But uh, mm-hmm. we find out how, how Corday, Dorme, and Versailles enter her service.
1: Say that again, William. Who Corday, Dorme, who will and
0: Versailles. Okay. Fine. You're trying to trip me up. Re-
1: I, yes, I am. I uh, fully <laughs> totally admit it. Well, we, but we, you we, did well. Thank
0: you thank you um Dorme actually trained under under captain typho uh and so he he suggested her um when uh uh when Padme's handmaidens kind of left um and it's interesting too 'cause like no, most senators don't have handmaidens, but mm-hmm. Padme decided to get have them just like most senators don't have representatives uh but she hired jar jar and then of course uh verse was uh Maryak Panaka's niece um so you know, the the and the typhos are hiring all their friends and family for for this job. <laughs>
2: <It's> a <laughs> lot of nepotism, exactly. <laughs> hey,
0: it's who you know.
2: <laughs> True.
0: Yeah, is it would it be nepotize to match all the <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> nice. <no, laughs> God, can we get on the wombat rating if this is going to continue? <laughs> uh,
0: I think so. I think so. Um. Steven,
1: why don't you go uh, first? You, gotta, you always put me first.
0: Do I always? I don't want do to. I try to no. randomly okay,
1: pick who always. goes first. Sorry, I'm buying myself some time while I think <laughs> it through because I haven't really thought about it. <laughs>
3: okay, well, how about, how about
2: let's let Christy go first. For...
1: Okay,
0: Christy. Okay. okay. Christy, why, why do you go
2: first? Okay, if you're sure. Okay. So, uh, giving my number and then what they're doing? Yes. So, yeah, yeah, the well, or what,
0: yeah, overall yeah. thoughts on the book, your okay. womp rat rating, and then what happened to those womp rats?
2: Yeah, so I I did really enjoy the connections to the canon that we already know, especially to Clone Wars, and then it really did make me want to go back and watch the prequels again, so I think that it has a lot of merits in it, but I do think, like we all said, that it was missing that one piece to really drive home the emotional part of Padme's life, and to make you feel like there were some stakes in this story other than what we already know later. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I think in general, I enjoyed reading it and that it had all these other interesting pieces of how she meets people for the first time. So to me, it is a uh, two and a half out of five.
3: Okay. Oh, no, we go
2: 10. Oh, you're going ten? We, yeah, we go 10. we can scale up. Five, so if it's yeah. two and a half, so then that I'll say, Five womp rats out of ten. Awesome. That way we don't okay. have to cut one in half. Cool. <laughs> oh but sometimes we love cutting some in half.
3: <laughs> That's
1: common. Um, it's, it's not polite to talk
3: about that with our guests. Okay. okay, I won't say that. <laughs> That's okay, okay, erase, erase, erase. <laughs>
2: and mine are um putting Amidala makeup on each other.
3: <laughs> are
0: they, are they all in like you know, senator or queen amidala garb, or are they just like putting the makeup on?
2: They're just testing out the makeup. Oh, just testing the makeup. Okay.
0: They're not just like Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense.
2: <laughs> they don't wear clothes, William.
3: <laughs> oh, silly me. William, don't be
1: ridiculous. <laughs> well,
2: okay, now wait a minute.
3: Now wait a minute. We're not done yet because we don't know what's going to happen to these Womp There's three more people to go.
0: There are. There are. It's true. Um, well, I, 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 like you, Christy, I think that I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed the book a lot. I liked getting the, the look inside Padme's mind hearing about the how, the how the handmaidens work, I think it added a lot of depth to them. They're not just like background characters now when you watch them. They're like, oh, I, I get what they're doing and why they're there, their purpose, right? Um, uh, not they're just, the, you know, they're not like just decoys and going to fetch your tea or something, right? Or, you know, they're actually like have a purpose. Um, and so that was really cool. And I especially loved how we got to see how she meets everyone, as you said. Um, and her... And In the interaction again. As you know, we started re- reviewing the Clone Wars, that's how we got our start as a podcast. And so I loved the inclusion of all the Clone Wars characters as well and little <laughs> references. That's some of my favorite stuff. Um, and yeah, I think the the party where they did the swap was my probably my favorite part of the book. Um, so um, it's, yeah, so I think uh, I'm going to give this seven Womp Rats out of ten. And uh, my seven Womp Rats, since they're you know they're they're pretty tall. Um, they're actually going to stand on top of each other. Uh, and so when uh, when 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 Sabe is, is busy, uh, the seven womp rats they become the third, the backup, backup decoy, and uh, the you know, backup so they, to the backup after they finish pra- practicing putting the, the makeup on with Christie's womp rats, <laughs> they actually get the full makeup on and like stand on each other's shoulders, you know, in, in like Padmé's big Co- queen Amidala costume or whatever. Oh,
3: god, yeah. That's, That's hilarious. I That's don't. too funny. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Steven, it's either you or I. What do you want to do?
0: Okay. <laughs> I can go now. So okay, I think Steven's uh, like nothing's gonna... <laughs> nothing I say is gonna be worse
1: than what William just said. So I might as well go now. <laughs> might as well get it out of the way. Go uh, ahead. So I'm I'm gonna split the difference. I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. Womp rats. Um, it was. It's all those odd, odd things where moment to moment, I was actually enjoying the book. Not my favorite book I've ever read, but like it was. I was moving through it. It's just that by the time I got to the end, I was a little disappointed. I thought this, I thought something was happening and then, you know, nothing ended up really happening. Um, and, uh, my six out of 10 womp rats are going to be cursed to the same fate. They're going to live their lives having some series of mildly interesting events happen around them. But, uh, you're just not going to find out what happened to them. (laughs) Who knows?
3: Maybe they
1: die in the next book. Maybe they don't. Wow. A fate worse than death. Okay, okay.
3: Um, I guess I'm last, so I'm going to say I I agree with Stephen. I'm going to give this a six. I think there's really not much more uh, to be said. I definitely agree. I think the book had its moments, but it just needed that one thread to continue it forward. That there was a actual payoff at the end. I, out of all the scenes within the book, the one that I really did enjoy, Stephen, I agree with you. I thought it was the party scene where Padme had to basically, you know switch and all that that i thought was a lot of fun um but i i think it just missed that one there was one thing missing in the book so six is what i'm giving it and my six womp rats you see here's the thing when it comes to padme's um um bulletproof red gown that was made out of the six womp rats hair so basically they shaved all six womp rats they (laughs) took the hair and they stitched it together to make the fabric so those that six six womp more rats. More
1: detail than I ever needed.
3: Yeah, but you know what? Somebody had to make that thing bulletproof. And instead of taking the womp rats themselves and making them sacrifice themselves as being the actual guinea pigs for targets, they just sacrificed the hair so they could still live around and basically have, you know, hair grow back and that makes sense. And the excess
0: know, hair, that was used for Padme's hair extensions, right?
3: That's true. That's and wigs. True. So <laughs> That's absolutely true, and now that they're and,
2: shaven, they can wear the makeup properly. Yeah.
3: <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and on top of that, they still am just to a point to where they're just running around with just trying to figure out where they're going to go because there's no through line to continue. So but they're wearing makeup, so that there you go.
2: I'm done. I think this combination uh-huh. was the best that we've ever come up with, <laughs> I think so.
0: I
3: really it's think truly
1: so. disturbing.
2: <laughs>
3: disturbing, but it all tied together, which I think was the point.
0: It does. It yeah. does. Well, coming up on Ion Cannon, uh while well, Resistance is is over, and we we do have um Master and Apprentice coming out very soon, uh the new Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan book, but in the meantime, I actually do like it. You know, we're getting a lot of uh Phantom Menace era uh stuff for the 20th anniversary which is really nice it is nice it's It's pretty cool anniversary this year but um you know we will be celebrating the 20th anniversary star wars celebration orlando 2019 chicago Um, yeah so we will uh (laughs) orlando chicago no no no, no. see see the problem is the problem is you got it
3: mixed up you're going to chicago i'm going to orlando exactly orlando celebration's not there no, so, it's
0: uh, that's what happens when I accidentally write Orlando in the show notes and just read the show notes without thinking.
3: So, um, <laughs>
0: yeah, Celebration well, yeah. Chicago twenty nineteen, my hometown. No, um, uh, and we'll be we'll be podcasting from Celebration Chicago. We'll bring you all the coverage of the events. We're gonna get news on Star Wars Episode Nine, the first trailer and the title of the film. If we don't come out of Celebration with a trailer and a title, I'll be shocked. Um, I'll be stunned. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to get that. Same. Uh, We're going to be getting uh, new details on The Mandalorian, um, on the return of The Clone Wars. Uh, We're going to have a look back at Star Wars Rebels. They have stressed multiple times. There's no TV show announcement. Um, We're going to get a look at the Star Wars Resistance Season 2. We're going to get a look at the new game, Jedi Fallen Order, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. There's a whole bunch of really awesome stuff coming our way at Celebration. Who knows? Maybe, maybe at the 20th anniversary celebration for the Phantom Menace, I and mean, we know Hayden Christians is going to be there. It would be awesome if Liam Neeson and Natalie Portman and and Ewan McGregor could be there. And if Ewan McGregor's there, might be the perfect time to announce a Obi wan Kenobi TV series.
3: Maybe. That would be so cool. Yes, maybe. and yes,
0: I would love yeah. to see that. Okay. Yeah, and and
3: luckily for the three of you, you will all be there, and I'll be the guy sitting at work, watching the computer, and trying not to pass out with all the news that's going to be going on, or having people yell at me, "Get your work done." So
0: (laughs) we will be bringing you coverage from the show, uh, both during and after. So stay tuned for all of that. It's going to be an exciting couple of. It's going to be an exciting week, but to help us prepare, we're going to take like two weeks off before the show. Yep. So uh, we'll be back with our celebration coverage. Christy, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed going through it.
0: Of course, it's great having you on for this fun book. And uh, of course, we're excited to see you and hang out with you at celebration. Yes, yeah, so are
2: all of you coming?
3: i I am sadly not going to be able to make it. I am actually, which was very funny. I am heading to Orlando a week from today for something different. So oh, okay. it was either it was either Orlando or Chicago. And well, uh, family's going to Orlando. Yeah. Gotta go to so. okay. family. Gotta go yeah. family. Well, hopefully yeah, you get so, to go to Disney while you're there. Um, I think that's on the list. We'll we'll figure that out when we get there, but I think that's on the list. Okay. Yeah. But it I I would have loved to have gone to Chicago. It just ended up that family had to do Orlando, so
2: Well, that's good too.
3: Yeah. I'll yeah. meet you someday. I will meet you someday. Hopefully, <laughs> I'm I'm really hoping. Which I don't think it'll happen, but uh, celebration does come back to Anaheim because I'd love to see it here because um, it's only a freeway drive for me. So oh, that's I would where love to live? meet you once. Okay, yeah. yeah uh, with with uh, the,
0: with the ticketing system, it's very possible that they could. I mean, they want they want they need brooms with a, a big enough attendance. Uh, that's the, the yeah. trick. But and Anaheim has
3: expanded since the last celebration. It's true, but McCormick uh, is yeah. the
0: biggest in the in yeah. the country. So we'll see how things go there. Uh, I'm if sure they, they ever would like to bring, to bring it back. To, to, it's a drive for me. Yeah, I'll I'm drive sure to they'd to love Vegas. to bring it back to Anaheim or Orlando, just because it's so close to the park, especially once Galaxy's Edge is open. Yeah, but we'll see if space do yeah. the space they can or not. But
2: and Stephen, are you going to Chicago?
1: I was originally going to, and it looks like not anymore, unfortunately.
2: Oh, I'm sorry.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I was a late well, breaking I'm change. The buttons, I'm sending the buttons. to you. You have to give them to William then.
1: Yeah, we will have well, some. Yeah, some I mean, ion William and buttons. I live like five minutes away, yeah, so I, I'm not. Yeah. You know, that aspect, I'm
2: not worried about. <laughs> yeah, I'm teasing. <laughs> we will have oh, some. I'm sorry, ion I don't get to buttons. meet you either. <laughs> yeah.
1: Next time, hopefully. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh well. Yeah. And William, you were gonna say,
0: but we will have some ion cannon buttons that we'll be giving out. So uh, find me. I guess it's gonna say us, but find me, and uh, we'll be giving those away. So. Uh, i'll find you
3: yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) they're pretty cool in fact they should be mailed pretty end of the week i think good luck no
0: uh if it's a liam neeson movie uh no (laughs) um but yeah so but anyway christy thanks again for joining us yeah thanks christy so much fun having you on do you want to tell people where they can uh where they can find you and uh listen to your reviews
2: Oh sure, yeah. You can find me co-hosting, as uh, Steven said earlier, the 602 Club with my friend Matt Rushing on Trek FM, uh, and that's every week. And then once a month, I'm doing a spot called Star Wars Fashion in Five for both men's and women's stuff on the Star Wars Report. So um, I need to do my one for March. I'm a little late. Sorry. I'm getting ready for celebration where I'm going to be doing daily stuff. So oh, wow,
0: exciting, awesome. That's cool. Yeah.
2: Oh, and sorry. You can find me online if you want to talk to me on Twitter and Instagram at BestBenBell. Bell. Okay. Wonderful.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us again, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you in uh, two two and a half weeks. Uh, and for anybody else at the at the convention as well, definitely come come find us. Uh, because not everyone will be there. We will not be doing a, a live show. Uh, we'll probably be recording some other behind the scenes content, and then of course, we'll have our full recap and we'll have some news on uh, our ion cannon uh, twitter account as well so definitely watch all of those for the latest news and uh yeah so we'll we'll see you in a couple weeks for star wars
3: celebration safe trip to you all who are heading to chicago and have a bunch of fun thank you for listening to the ion cannon podcast your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far far away the Ion Cannon podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.